Hey, good looking. Why's a nice boy like you listening to a podcast like this? Take this down, hot stuff. Record Rangers is part of the Daily Record Podcast Network. Subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom. Mwah! Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Mark McDougall and today I'm joined by record sport writer Gavin Berry and record sport writer Gary Ralston. On the pod today we look back at the win over St Johnston, we discuss Graham Dorans and Carlos Peña and we look forward to the Betfred Cup semi-final. Starting off with St Johnston, Gavin you were up there on Friday night, how do you think that went? Well I don't think you can ask for any more than a 3-0 win up at Perth, McDermott Park obviously uh, traditionally a tough place to go there was so much added spice to the game wasn't there with the kind of war of words that developed over over the course of the week building up to that game so again you know big pressure on Rangers big you know pressure on Pedro Cachina it was the second game after the whole Kenny Miller fallout so people are intrigued to see how what kind of reaction there is after that um, but the way they came through it was comfortable comfortable um as comfortable as they could have hoped for. Um, closed the gap on, put a wee bit of pressure on Celtic and Aberdeen the following day, you know, closing the gap to three points. Obviously, the two then responded with a win, but that's the important thing now for Rangers is just to get that bit of momentum, a bit of consistency. They still haven't won three games in a row, but obviously, uh, they've got a chance to put that right on Sunday with the Betfred semi final. Uh, Tommy Wright said that it wasn't a 3 0 game and St Johnson deserved something out of it. Is that fair? Or? No, I mean, Tommy Wright always is fairly honest in his assessments, but I think, no, I think for him to suggest uh, anything other than a comfortable Rangers win was deserved, uh, no, would be wrong. Uh, a lot of fans were talking about the amount of corners St Johnston had in the second half, and saying that if this was last season under Mark Warburton, it was guaranteed that Rangers would have conceded there, but yeah. there was, I think there was seven in a row and all of them got cleared in the end that's right I mean there were, I know there were like so many in succession as well in both half, uh, the first half and the second half I think there was, there was like four or five kind of in a row well I think we need to look at the return of Bruno Alves uh, for that one he put in the kind of dominant display that people expected when he signed Fabio Cardoso maybe not as convincing he, he's not quite as convincing alongside him but you could see there uh, from Alves that that's exactly what Pedro Cuxinha will be looking for from him because yeah. McCle- uh, St Johnson obviously you know that's where they're particularly dangerous set pieces you know guys like Stephen McLean and all that and getting up uh, on the end of free kicks yeah, on the end of corners you could see that there was a couple of players like Stephen McLean and Stephen Anderson were trying to wind up Bruno Alves a few times because obviously known for having quite a hot head but yeah. he handled it quite well no he wasn't buying it I know he strolled through it he was very comfortable at the back yeah, and uh, also in St Johnson, Carlos Pena scored twice, mm-hmm. didn't do much else out with that. No. Uh, I mean, yes, he's, a, he's, he's just a great enigma, isn't he? I mean, he has that. Uh, I think, you know what it's like in, in Scotland, you know, we're, we just love to see players kind of running about, don't you, giving their all, and, you know, a, a Kenny Miller style, you know, like, you know, guys will chase down everything, but he's obviously not that kind of guy, you know, he's, and that, that's probably leading to the accusations of him being unfit. But one thing you can certainly say about him is, in this, I think we spoke about this in the podcast last week. We were talking about how Efren Juarez, the ex-Celtic player, had done a piece in the 
in the daily record saying give him time and he'll come good I mean he did say that that's, that's his strength is the timing and knowing how to get, you know when to get on the end of balls timing his runs and that's what he did brilliantly for his two goals because I mean the finish for the first one uh, I mean it, initially it looked easy but it was I mean it was a great finish yeah, yeah. to get on the end of that and then, then the same with the header you know just timing his run to perfection yeah a couple other chances as well in the first half or second half as well that one yeah put it just past the post but there was times where it just looks like he's never seen a football and then other times so Alf Ramsey once famously said that you can send a cabbage around the world and it would still come back a cabbage right so just because a guy's getting experience of a different country doesn't mean to say that he's going to adapt to that country all that said Peña scored four goals in eight games I think he looks more um, dangerous on the road than he has at Ibrox because I think what he's trying to do now and I think both these goals showed it, was that he's trying to get, and this is, I think, what Kashinia's trying to get into his team, is his midfielders that get beyond the ball. He's trying to do that now, um, and maybe that's coming with a wee bit of fitness and a wee bit more uh, adaptation. And he's got a lovely finish. I thought his finish for the for the first goal was, was terrific. A real instinctive poacher's finish. I'm going to say something really controversial here, right? I thought Carlos Pena had not a bad game in the old firm match at Ibrox, right? Up until the point that he was taken off, I didn't think he did enough uh, uh, offensively because I didn't think Rangers got the ball to him often enough. But I think he showed that he was quite a clever player because he was very diligent and he was very disciplined in just how he kept close to Scott Brown. And Scott Brown wasn't the dominant figure that he has been in the past in old Firm games. And I think Pena, people overlooked that. I think Pena had to take a wee bit of credit for doing the ugly side of the game quite well that day. Thought he ran out of steam, obviously taking off after 50 minutes. I don't know if it was just before or just after Celtic scored, whatever it was. And then it became a, a completely different game. But he scored four goals in eight games. And if he scores from midfield 15 goals a season, then... Rangers fans will be happy to call him all the enigmas they like if yeah. he's scoring goals and contributing to a winning team. It's funny, Alex McLeish actually on BT Sport the following day at the Mother Labadine game and said the same thing. The rest of the panel were kind of uh, ridiculing him for saying it, saying that Pena had uh, performed well up to a point in the old firm. Just exactly as you said, saying that Scott Brown didn't get it all his own way. Because, I mean, that, that was the, the, the following after the game that's what everybody was saying they were kind of slaughtering Peña saying you know ridiculous performance but Alec McLeish echoed exactly what you're saying there oh was Alec McLeish should be the new Scotland manager also we talked about that talking about Scotland uh, Graham Dorans has six goals now this season after scoring on Friday night does he deserve don't, don't don't talk to me about Graham Dorans in Scotland please don't you know, we do this all the time, particularly fans of other clubs, and I appreciate this is a Rangers podcast, so you're unlikely to get Dunfermline or Queen of the South or, um, um, or St. Johnson fans mm. listening in necessarily. But one guy in an old firm team has two or three good games and all of a sudden they start touting him for a, for a Scotland call. Graham Dorans is 30 years old. If he was going to make a Scotland breakthrough, he would have made it by now. Let's start talking about Graham Dorans. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. Um, but let's start talking about Graham Dons for Scotland. When Graham Dons has put together a consistent run of 20 games in a Rangers team that is successful and in games that he's dominating. Don't talk to me about Graham Dorans for Scotland after two or three no bad performances with Rangers after four or five in which, quite frankly, was mediocre. Yeah. 
I think the fact that Graham Dorns was involved, I mean, he was a mainstay in that Scotland squad, you know, for so long. So I don't think, you know, to recall him, it's not quite the same talk about Dorns for Scotland as it is, say, Kenny McLean or Graham Shinney, whose people were continually banging the drum. I mean, Graham Dorns has been in the Scotland, you know, I've been at the international level. So yeah, but if he's, never made a break, if he's never made the breakthrough until now, you know, we're talking about a Scotland squad that I think has to has to look forward. Yeah. Admittedly, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. We just can't turn to the, the Shinnies and the, and, the, and the McLeans, yeah. you know, to form in the, in the Kieran Tierneys and, and the like to, to perform, uh, form the, the bedrock of a team. You're going to need a bit of experience. Yeah. In there, but yeah. um, but do, I I think it's disingenuous um, to talk about Graham Dons for a Scotland recall or a Scotland call up until he's done it on a more consistent um, basis for Rangers. That's fair enough. Uh, no, it's not <laughs> Graham Dons would disagree. <laughs> Listen, I think he's got. I think he guys had some some no bad performances for Rangers, some decent performances. But the bottom line is, is that to this point, Rangers have been generally lacking in consistency. Um, there have been a couple of signs that they've been, I mean I think that was only their second clean sheet against St Johnston the other night so until Rangers start doing it um, on a regular basis yeah. and by that you're talking about a stretch run of 10, 11, 12 games without defeat and you're looking at 9 or 10 of them being victories until they've done that questions will always remain about the, the, the new, this new Rangers yeah. team Do you think it's just a case that so many for so long there's not been any Rangers players in the squad that there's a lot of Rangers fans now seeing Dorn's playing well for a few weeks. They just want somebody from their team. I think point. that Rangers fans, for the most part, and probably the other side of the city, Celtic fans as well, aren't really caring a great deal about Scotland um, just now. For Celtic, the, the focus, uh, their fans, the focus will be on the Champions League first and foremost. And for Rangers fans, the focus will be on um, uh, will be on getting their team back to a position where they can compete at the sharpest end at the top of the table for a longer period of time than they've been able to do so far. And I think that that's been an interesting switch in the dynamic of the Scotland support over the last four or five or six years, maybe even longer, who knows. Um, but certainly I think that the Tartan Army these days is probably uh, made up of fewer old firm fans than it maybe was a decade ago. Because I think the rise of club competition and the importance of Rangers and Celtic, uh, of Europe to Rangers and Celtic, means that those are the principal competitions, I think anyway, for Rangers and Celtic, rather than it being uh, Scotland, the World Cup and the European Championships. Although it's still hugely significant, particularly to fans of clubs who aren't fortunate enough or in a position to get European football most seasons. In the last few weeks is Kenny Miller, and then it seemed like... That had sort of been swept under the carpet. They'd made up. He was back in training. Uh, Pedro Senior said he missed Friday night because of an injury. But then yeah. all of a sudden, his agent is on Twitter or on Instagram, yeah. slamming the club, saying they're embarrassing. They've hung him out to dry. Yeah. What's happening? Well, happened? if the agent has come out and said that, uh, well, sorry, the fact the agent came out and said that because there's no dispute <laughs> the fact that he posted it on Instagram. We all saw the message. That tells you that everything isn't okay because if everything was okay, there's no way he would have come out with those comments so he's coming out because Kenny Miller can't come out and say it himself so there clearly is an issue and I think that Pedro Cusinha would be better just coming out and, and clearing up the situation you know um, after the Hamilton game when he was left out of the first team squad and he, and we knew he was going to Brentford to play with the under 20s Pedro Cusinha was saying oh there's no issue I mean there's no problem there's nothing to see here plainly th- there was an issue 
because he wouldn't have been left out of the, 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 the entire squad if that was the case. So I don't think he did himself any favours there because, you know, supporters aren't daft. We're not daft. We know that there's an issue there. So it would have been better just clearing up. Then for the St Johnston game, um, it was this injury where he supposedly had an injury. I think that's, you know, people close to Kenny Miller are disputing that and saying he was absolutely 100% fit and available for the game at Perth. Now, we need to take Pedro Cachinho's word for it. If he said he's injured, you know, we, we need to take him at face value there. He's now we're building up to this uh, Motherwell game on Sunday, a hugely important game. He said he's been back in training. So if, if he doesn't make the squad on Sunday, then I don't know how they can Pedro Cachinho can talk his way out of it without just coming out and explaining exactly what the issue is. Yeah, it's not really something Rangers need in the build-up to this. No, I mean, obviously... It's been a while since Rangers, well, they made the Cup Final 2016, but it's been a while since they've won yeah. a major trophy. So, But listen, you've got to see around corners. The reason an, a, an agent puts a statement like that out on social media is because he, he's trying to, in my opinion, he's trying to engineer something, he's trying to manufacture something, he's trying to engineer, it seems to me, an exit for his client from that club somewhere in January. Now, would that mean that he tries to um, create a circumstance um, or a circumstance has already been created of which he's trying to take advantage from the business point of view of his client? So that perhaps he can negotiate a payoff to go in January or whatever, and maybe go and um, maybe go and try elsewhere. That's the context in which this statement has to be has to be looked at. Dave Baldwin is a is 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 been a bona fide um, agent for a long number of years. He is not a young you know callow youth. He's not wet between the ears into how the business of football works. He's a he's a very very um, um, very thorough and very professional uh, agent with a you know with a with a with a good reputation. So he knows how this works. I think he's trying to engineer a, 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 an exit for his client in January because he knows that there has been a disintegration of the relationship between Kenny Miller and Pedro Cassini, which I think is 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 is, is really significant given that. Pedro Cachinha gave Kenny Miller mm. his new contract at the end of last season when there was doubts about whether Miller could go for another season, Kenny could go for another. There's maybe an argument that says Kenny actually maybe owes Pedro Cachinha or, or owed Ke- Pedro Cachinha more than what's happening just now because Cachinha clearly saw him as being a senior statesman in his squad and he was happy to give him that, that senior statesman, state, statesman's uh-huh. role. However... In fairness to Kenny Miller, who has got a reputation as being a, a, a good and sterling um, professional footballer yeah. and, and a, a professional guy around a uh, around a dressing room, mm-hmm. um, you know we don't know what there has what 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 his side of the story is in yeah. relation to the breakdown of his relationship with Cashini. Yeah. That's well. why because when you say Kenny Miller owes him more, but we we don't know what Kenny Miller has actually done wrong here. We don't know what is Kenny Miller. Why was he left out of the Hamilton game? And sent to Brentford to train with the kids. That's that's what we, that's what Pedro Cachinho or the club they have. You know they have to explain. I don't think Why do they have to explain? Because in explaining it, you just says he said, she said, she said, he said. This is nothing new for Rangers. You can change it, and for Rangers and Cachinho and Kenny Miller, uh-huh. you can take any club at any point in history and throw in the name of a, a manager and a warring player. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, Conte and Costa at, um, at, at, at Chelsea yeah. as well, times a million. Let me <laughs> let me stress. But ultimately, these things go on in football clubs all yeah. the time, and they always end for the most part, or they, they end for the most part with. The player leaving the yeah. club, and that's where Baldwin's statement has to be uh, has to be set. It yeah. has to be seen in the context of him um, of him simply 
taking a step to manufacture, in my opinion, yeah. could be wrong, but in my opinion, trying to manufacture yeah. a, a clear and a quick exit from his yeah. for his client in the see, January transfer window. See if Kenny Miller had been 27, I would maybe have said the agent was trying to do that, right? Kenny Miller's going to be, what is it, 38 in December? I think Kenny Miller's sort of beyond, you know, I mean, where, where, where does Kenny Miller, where is he really looking to go, you know, at that age? I mean, what, what, he's settled back here. He's, not, he's not, probably not going to move on anywhere. Certainly not for money. So I don't think it's, I don't think there's an exit strategy. In it. I think he's just no, unhappy no, the way I, his client is being portrayed. I agree with you, but mm. I think that, that it's come to such a stage where the agent, and probably maybe even Kenny himself, feels that he's got no option but to leave the club. Yeah. I'm not saying that Kenny's manufacturing yeah. this or this whole row has been manufactured on behalf no, of Kenny no. Miller there's clearly an issue there between yeah. him and his manager and the agent like all good agents should do a stress it's just trying to manufacture right. it and he's using a bit of the yeah. a bit of the dark arts in the process but I hey think, you know, I think, Kenny, I think Kenny Miller will be wanting to stay I think he'll be wanting to stay I don't think he'll be wanting to go anywhere he'll be wanting to stay because he won't like the way his reputation has been uh, tarnished here now you say Gary there have been um, many examples of managers and players falling out and there have but Rangers have handled this badly. Kashinia's handled it badly by pretending that nothing has happened. You know, we, we've seen it before. Gordon Strachan, he made McGeady at Celtic, you know, fall out, you know, whatever happened. Discipline the player, two-week ban, statement out, two-week ban, you know, find a couple of weeks wages, whatever, and then back. Barry Ferguson, you know, Walter Smith, nip it in the bud um, when, when he had his, uh, the, the booze gate and all that, you know. Well, it's strong management. That's what... The, the, you know, Pedro Cachinha and the club, there should be strong management here because all that's happening here is it's dragging on and it's and it's it's all that people are talking about and it shouldn't be. And that, that's why I would argue that the strong management will lead to probably Rangers either cutting their losses or saving mm-hmm. Kenny Miller come January. There you go, Kenny. You're free to exit the club. Thanks yeah. very much. And, and, and a statement will come out in yeah. which to say, you know, we wish to wish, thank Kenny for for his services, yeah. and Kenny will say, listen, in a statement, you know, I wish Rangers all the best for the re- for the for the rest of the yeah. season. I mean, if there's actually, if if there is absolutely no way back, we, 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 that's a problem. We don't know because Kashin is not being upfront and telling us exactly what it, what it is and, and how he feels about um, Kenny Miller. Yeah, did that. <laughs> what was I going to say? <laughs> How did you finish that? Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Sorry, to, I've had a blank. I was just going to ask anyway. Is it maybe a case that the club saw how the Joey Barton situation was handled last year and they don't want that? Uh, it was handled quite publicly last year. Where we knew Barton was suspended. We knew he when he was coming to Ibrooks for his yeah. meetings. Yeah. Is it a case that they don't want the same thing again for? With Kenny Miller, they don't want that circus to distract from what's happening on the field. Well, in fairness, Joey Barton had about what, 14 million Twitter followers, so it's always <laughs> going to be played yeah. in the public. Uh, uh, you know, he never met a sentence he didn't like. Uh, Joey Barton. I think it's. I think it's different. You know, I think. Um, I think Kenny uh, Miller would bristle at um, at uh, allegations that he's in any way his situation is in any way similar to um, to, to to Joey Barton's. Beyond the fact that there's clearly a, a, a appears to be a chasm between uh, between him and and, and, and the manager, and yeah. um, listen, it will come out in the washes as, as it always does. But I think it, it appears that there's a clean exit. 
in January is probably the best for both parties. And I think that the statement from the agent was just a, a further step towards yeah. that happening. If this rumbles on until it's the not knowing what, what you know, it's the not knowing. I mean, at least with Joey Parton knew right here, this is what happened. You know, he, he, he had a bus stop in the training ground, and you know, or the one we referred to earlier, McGeady and Strachan. You know, McGeady had a bus stop with player. A, a but see, there's, there's a difference between McGeady and Strachan because McGeady at that time was a was a, was a, was a young man. You mm-hmm. know, um, he was it was only in his early twenties, and you know, and he and he'd gone against the authority of a very senior manager. Whereas with this, Kenny Miller's thirty-seven yeah. years old. Yeah. You know, and he's a long, long, long in the tooth. You know, he's not. A, a young guy that needs to be, uh, you know, that needs to yeah. be booted up the, the behind and, and, and shown the errors of his, yeah. of his ways. But see if the problem is so severe and Pedro, and there is no way back, just just pay him up, just come out and say something happened. I can't forgive Kenny Miller for what he did. He will play no further part in my team, and pay him up and just say, you know, and, that, and that's it. At least it draws a line under it. But that may be it's, that, but that may be depending on the circumstances. Uh-huh. That may be a financial cost that at this stage, anyway, Rangers are not prepared to meet because maybe, and again, I could maybe they might think that there's something going on in the background that means that the agent is could be, and this I just put it out there that, that they could be provoking a move because maybe somebody else wants Kenny Miller. You know, maybe there's a, there's a, an offer of a coaching yeah. position yeah. Uh, somewhere else, or yeah. there's an offer of a, a two year contract on the table, or well, Kenny yeah. just simply fancies fancies a change. It's not quite. He's wandered into the wrong movie in terms of signing the new extension to the the the. the, the, the yeah. Okay. Well, even if he don't pay him up, if he doesn't want him, just say he won't play for my first team again, and we'll sit back down in January. And until then, he'll train with the reserves, mm-hmm. and that's it. I mean, they could just say that, right. but, but it's the pretending that there's nothing. It's you know, Pedro Coutinho keep coming out. Oh, well, he's injured. He's guess we injured him. We're not he's sure. One of us, and, you know, is he actually injured? And he's one of us. You know, just be honest. Just be strong. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. But just be honest with us, and, and rather than you know trying to in this picture that everything's actually alright when we, we, we clearly know it's not right because all that's going to happen is it's going to fester and, and the first, I mean he's lucky just now because they beat Hamilton and then they beat St Johnson the problem is if it starts to you know if, if, if they get a, a defeat on Sunday you know then people start they'll look into it more you know the Kenny Miller situation If Kenny Miller does go then one player that could replace him is Ryan Hardy I mean the boy's 20 now he's done well out on loan at Wraith Rovers didn't do quite so well at St Martin he's scoring goals for Rangers development all the time scored another two yesterday against AZ yeah. is it time for him to step up or is it time for him if he's not getting a chance is it time for him to go yeah well I, I must admit I watched him in the summer uh, in the two long tournament for uh, Scotland in their 20s and uh, a couple of real good finishes during that tournament you can tell that you know he's good but when it was nil nil this season uh, against Hearts and Rangers were really toiling and they needed a goal and they turned to him. I remember thinking, you know, it, you know, it was everybody's looking. You know, there was real pressure on him there. You know, here, here's the guy they're turning to after a summer of signing kind of ten players, and um, it, it never really happened for him. I think it's a bit unfair. Uh, I don't know. For 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 for, for me for me, um, you know. Ryan Hardy is in training in that Rangers development squad for a career that's going to have to take a step back before it will take a step forward because I think he typifies and I don't mean this as an knock to the guy um, but he typifies and we're partly to blame for this in the media as well by the way we talk about young players but he is 20, 21 years old 
And for me, a young player in Scottish football is somebody, a uh, 17 or 18 year old that's playing first team. In my opinion, if you've not made it at a first team level, at the old firm in particular, by the age of 20, 21, it's time to go elsewhere, probably even 20. It's time to go elsewhere and we can't stop, keep referring to them as kids. So if he's banging in the goals at the development level and um, and he's not and he's been given a couple of first team outings yet and he's never quite grasped the opportunity, he will argue probably with some justification that he hasn't had enough first team game time. But maybe he's in training for a move to another club either in the, the, the lower reaches of the Scottish Premiership, maybe in the Championship or maybe a, a League One, League Two club down south where you know he could, could blossom in a, in, in a different environment. But he's 20 years old. He's not had a consistent run in the, the, the Rangers team, and we've got to stop referring to guys like him as kids. I think that referring to 20-year-olds and stuff like that as kids comes from looking down in England as well. They've got the under-23 league where they're still referred to as kids up to their 23-24. If you look at, look just, at Jesse no, listen, I doubt myself, and it's just laziness, quite frankly. Yeah. It's just laziness. All, you know, sometimes I've referred to players as kids in articles, and you look back and you say, he's 23, you know? <laughs> Could have... Could have you know been away and get you know four kids and divorced twice and and, and he's and he's and, and you know so he's not a kid a kid for me and 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 this is where the media should accept some of the responsibility for this a kid for me blossoming in Scottish football is a sixteen or a seventeen or an eighteen year old who's been good enough to get consistent first team first team action one kid who has made a breakthrough breakthrough this season at Motherwell is Alan Campbell who's centre midfielder uh, he's Alan Burrows referred to him as the Lanarkshire Cante on Twitter the other day because of the way he runs about tackling and stuff. But obviously, Rangers play Motherwell on Sunday in the Betfred Cup semi final. How do we see that one go? Well, I just think the game is huge in so many levels for Rangers. Obviously, the incentive of getting to that first final it's a chance to win three games in a row for the first time under Pedro Cachini, as we alluded to earlier, to build up that bit of momentum. And also, just if, if they can get the win, get the place in the final, a few days later, they're at home at Kilmarnock, obviously Kilmarnock under new manager Steve Clark. but you would expect Rangers to win that one now. And if they can, Aberdeen play Celtic on the same night. Uh, something has to give there. You know, I mean, some people are thinking that could be where Celtic's unbeaten record, domestic unbeaten record goes if it already... if it hasn't already when they play Hibs. Um, but something has to give either way, so... I think if, if Rangers can get into that final and then beat Kilmarnock, uh, I just think it would be huge for them in terms of, you know, under Cachinho and where, where they'll go this season. So I think this Motherwell game is, is critical to the entire season. Absolutely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with anything that you've said beyond the fact that I, except for the fact that I don't think Rangers can afford to go into any game, any game in their current state with uh, anything that would even remotely suggest overconfidence um, and I think that Motherwell have got the capacity to hurt them as I said that was a rare clean sheet for Rangers the other night and on those big expanses of, uh, of, 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 of Hamden particularly in wide areas where you've got guys like um, Chris Cadden um, can do really really good stuff for, 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 for Motherwell what are they 11 games out of 15 undefeated by yeah. um, they're only a point behind Rangers in the league absolutely yeah, they've been going you know, and that's a team that have um, you know you talk about the rebuilding jobs that uh, that Cachinha has mm-hmm. had to face at yeah. Rangers this season if you look at the the, yeah. the, 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 the job at Motherwell then 
Steve, Steve Nell's done a, a, a fantastic job, you know, in terms of the players that he's brought in, and absolutely crucially for Motherwell, because despite the success that they had under Terry Butcher, and we think about Big Terry just now in, in those tragic circumstances, um, and, and, and guys like Stuart McCall, the one criticism you could lay at Motherwell at that time was that they didn't develop enough players and bring them through. Or you know, you know, develop talent that they brought in from elsewhere and sell mm-hmm. them on. But I think that this Motherwell team, that potentially could safeguard the the financial future of the of, of the club as well. And this is a showcase for Motherwell on Sunday as well. This is a chance for a lot of these young guys like Campbell, like Caden, like Louis Moe up front to show in a, a nationwide audience. Listen, this is this is what we can do, and we deserve to be. You know, talked about as 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 bigger money, uh, bigger money buys in the future, which would serve that club well. And some great business in the summer. I mean, arguably they came out of that transfer window the best of the entire league. They banked that money from Marvin Johnson being sold on, didn't they? And they sold big Ben Hennigan, but crucially, as you mentioned earlier, held on to more when they could have cashed in on him. So um, Alan Burrows, obviously a good friend to the media guys. It deserves real praise. For but if, uh, but I, I, I expect if Louis Moult scores a winner on Sunday, if he's seen that Alan Campbell's a new canty, then Louis Moult will be... And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Burroughs' Twitter account on Monday morning, if I can le- ever learn how to work these things. So probably <laughs> labelling Louis Moult the same as Harry Kane, you know? So you expect eight, 80 million offers to be flooding into Fur Park on Monday morning yeah. if they get a result. That was Matt McGee's trip, wouldn't they? I used to talk, talk them up in the media, you loved it. Just talk them up, get their value away in you. Listen, play, there's, just play listen, the game. Listen, there's no, there's no point in shouting rotten fish when you're trying to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talked about Carlos Peña earlier and how the Ibrox pitch is maybe too big for him. Hamden's quite similar. Is that going to be a worry for Rangers on Sunday? Too big. Too, too big. The guy's a professional no, footballer. But obviously, <laughs> yeah, his best points have came away from home in no. the smaller, tighter. But, but no, I, but I, think I, I think the reason that some of these that he's looked sharper away from home is simply because he looks better at hitting in the hitting, hitting in the counter. Um, yeah. You know, when the other teams are, he maybe gets a wee bit more space to, to, to play in the final yeah. third. I'm anticipating it. I'm really looking forward to Sunday. I think it'll be a very open game. You know, I think it could even be a high-scoring game. I think it could be a three-two game. And at this stage, I would toss a coin as to see who would uh, you know who would come out the the, the, the right side of that. Yeah. Field. I mean, if Rangers did lose, it would be a, it would be a real setback for them because everything you know, Pedro Cusinha is building up to that. You know, third winning a, a role, getting into the league confirm it would do so much for his, you know, his his time, his boss, his credibility. Really, yeah, I think his credibility is on him. But Pedro has created this situation, particularly with the early games and that that disastrous European exit, where he's got no wriggle room left. So every game is a test of his credibility. And after the Old Firm game, I, I remember writing that he had something like thirteen games until the next Old Firm game at Celtic Park around about the the New Year time. And he really had to go on a stretch run of, 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 of an undefeated run as well. And so this is just match three or four and yeah. what should should really be if Rangers are serious about finishing, I would say, second, but closer to Celtic than they did, much closer to Celtic yeah. than they did last year. He's going to have to start yeah. going a, a run of eight or nine or ten yeah. undefeated games or else his position will come under threat, if known that... Um, uh, in the immediate term then certainly by the end of the season that's why actually he's got harder games than Motherwell and Kelly coming up because he's going to has to go to Murrayfield I think at the end of the month and they've got those two they've got two games against Aberdeen haven't they yeah Aberdeen back to back yeah Aberdeen back to back so that's why he he needs to win these two he needs to win them and if he wins this as well between the week before the two Aberdeen games he's also got the cup final if he manages to beat uh, Motherwell on Sunday but an interesting battle on Sunday could be Alfredo Morelos against Peter Hartley 
uh, earlier in the week Peter Hartley was saying that he'd quite happily fight him after the game if he wanted to yeah. uh, and fight him during the game as well which should well, set up an interesting game absolutely I mean Morelos he's not, there's not He's not very tall, is he? But he's a stocky wee guy who's he's feisty, isn't he? He's he gets stuck in. Ah, he does get stuck in, so I don't think he'll be... Uh, but, I mean, he's relishing this um, big Peter Hartley, isn't he? I mean, he's... Where did he keep coming from? Blackpool, didn't he? Yeah, Blackpool. Uh, Same from Blackpool. I think he was saying that on Monday. That he said, he's just loving being in the limelight and playing in this stage. So, I mean, guys like that that have been, you know, round the block down south... Uh, they're not daunted by so, any So you're saying that the guy from Blackpool, these were illuminating comments saying, I've enjoyed oh, being in the lane like you. It's going to be a rollercoaster. I just don't... I just, <laughs> just covered the game. I, 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 never I, I, give away these, get I, all these great lines. Alan Bradley going under the trams of the tram and called the old Rita Coronation Street as well. But finally on Morelos, it's four games now, I think, since he scored, but is he offering enough out with goals to stay in the starting lineup, or should Eduard, Eduardo Herrera be getting a chance again? But a lot of fans are quite happy with how Morelos gets stuck no, in I, and he plays and brings people into it. No, he does. Uh, I think you could see that. Uh, you could see that the other night. And I suppose uh, I know it's a, a cliche. They always talk about it with strikers, but I mean, he's, he's there to miss them, isn't he? I mean, he was there was one on Friday night. I think where he was one. It may have been Pena actually. That put him, that was one it one Pena? One. It was one he was yeah. put through one on one. Yeah. I mean, he, he, and he missed it, but he's always back up and getting back into those positions. So no, I mean the goal. The goal. I think he deserves. Uh, Pedro Cachinha deserves to show him that loyalty considering the start that he's had. I don't he's think won't be thinking about making any change, no. I don't think, because he's he's not in a position, he's got to get the team, he's got to build up that team spirit. And team spirit for Rangers will come if they win on days like Sunday, you know, when they get into the finals. That's how you they talk about go kart racing and going playing darts and all that kind of stuff and you know, nights in the lash. That's a thing of the past. What will get a team bonding more than anything else is success. Uh, is, is, is winning small victories that become bigger victories that become eventually silverware successes and that's the road that um, Cachinhas will be hoping to take his, uh, his, his, his Rangers team on so there'll be no there'll be no doubt that Morelos will uh, I'm, I'm certain will play off on, on Sunday this is the time to be, to, be, to, to be chopping and changing you know he's, 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 he's a boy that's um, and I think he's often quite a lot out with the, 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 the goals as well so I think he, there's no doubt he'll, he'll, he'll start again Okay, that's all from us this week. We'll be back next Wednesday from 4pm. If you want to get in touch with us, you Twitter at Record Sport. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audioboom to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.